Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam, we've got Rhiannon, we've got myself, I'm Caleb, and we're probably not going to do chit-chat at the beginning because we did our interview first, and so now uh, we're getting to the sleepy part of the podcast, so don't worry. If we feel like we're low energy, uh, it'll pick up, like, shockingly uh, in the middle. We are. I'm revved up, man. That interview revved me up. Okay. Good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this uh, this episode of Marvel News Desk is brought to you by Red Bull. <laughs> it gives you wings. Or Mountain Dew. I mean, whoever gives us the money. Anyone yeah, but Casper say, Aren't you already on Mountain Dew's payroll, man? Like, Mountain Dew's I, hell yeah, I am, man. I am Mountain Dew by this point. Oh. All right. I want to talk about this at the top of the show because I can't forget. Adam, your comic book, it's coming. It's really soon. People can, in fact, buy the first issue, if there's mm-hmm. any left, mm-hmm. on Scout mm-hmm. Comics mm-hmm. New York Comic Con mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mine's I in the mail. Today. Did Mine's you really? Why? Yep. I don't... Uh, that pisses me off, because I don't have mine yet, and I don't know what the hell's going on. So that's just how the distribution, uh, world of distribution works. Number one was supposed to be out, um, and then everything, the world lit on fire. Um, and we planned a New York Comic Con exclusive. Um, but then the main book got delayed till December because of distribution, but New York Comic Con did not. So our exclusive variant is out right now, and please buy it if you want. If not, um, you know, whatever. And there's a discount code, is that right? There is NYCC twenty twenty, but it's only good through Sunday night, so I'm not but sure. That's worth a lot. Hear it. Otherwise it is a yeah, fifty percent off, I, and that's the other thing. It is a variant premium, um, so I I feel bad for making you like buy it at full price. Um, I think Rihanna did this too. I was so excited, it was like, "Hey, this is for sale." I'm like, "I gotta help Adam," and I bought it, and then I went back to my tweet, and then I saw, and it's fifty percent off, and I was like, huh, okay. "Shelby, t- <laughs> Shelby tweeted me and did the same thing." I feel bad. I'll refund you no, too. I'll, you I'll give you guys no, half. We, we want to have to... So I've been thinking about... So what's the last day for pre-orders? October 18th. Okay. So I've been thinking about... I don't know if they'll do it. I kind of want to go to my comic shop and be like, I want to buy a couple of copies. I don't need them all. But then push like push it to somebody who might like it. You know? like Right. I think that's my plan. I don't know my so comic shop guy well if, enough to really have that conversation, right. but we're going to make it. If you go that route, you might as well... Um... I'm just saying, if you buy ten issues, it unlocks the second cover, what it, which is amazing, and I love it. But you probably won't like it because it's a drunk dude sitting on a throne of beer cans. So I did the opposite, Caleb. I he posted that there was the New York Comic Con variant, and I went to the site and I was like, "Oh my god, twenty five bucks!" And I've only I've already ordered like so I ordered from a shop that had the variant, so I already have like three copies ordered, and I was like. Do I really need this New York Why? And then I went back and I was like, oh, discount code. <laughs> so, but hopefully, hopefully we buy so many for this first week that they like give you like five more issues or whatever. So if you're a, a listener of our show, you want to support Adam's comic, Adam, what's the code again for them to give to their comic de- uh, retailer? Um, uh, OCT201556 or, um. Yeah, Facebook or Twitter is probably easiest, and you can just 
show them the code on one of the numerous graphics that I'm spam, going to spam um, all of next week. Man, I hate how Diamond does their shit, but we need to go. We, yeah, we gotta no, go. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. Like, the, the, the fact, like, I'm, that's the best way we can promote it, but it's right. a sucky thing that someone has right. to, like, pause the podcast and, like, rewind it and put it to, like, half speed so they can write down all those digits. It's just, it's a dumb system. Let's talk about Spider-Man. So we've had two gigantic bits of Spider-Man news. Piece one, we found out last week that Jamie Foxx is back as Electro again. And this immediately led to people being like, oh, it's multiverse. They're going to bring in Andrew Garfield's Electro. And people like me were like, I don't know. We'll see. And then today we find out that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the next Spidey movie. Uh, these are just some kind of big giant bombshells. This movie apparently is filming. We think maybe in the last day or two, they've been doing some kind of stuff in New York city without Tom Holland, but to get like some kind of footage, um, Rhiannon, are you, I mean, do you have thoughts about either Jamie Foxx or Dr. Strange coming back to Spider-Man? Um, the Jamie Foxx thing, I have no idea. That's just, that just goes back to a, anything is possible the world is weird like it makes no sense to me uh dr strange showing up in spider-man makes perfect sense that that's completely sensible um i'm i'm fully ready when people start seeing those signs around new york to go out and try to watch spider-man filming i'm just excited for filming to be back in new york so we're starting to see signs of that gearing up so yeah i I mean but as far as the jamie fox thing is just weird but Benedict Cumberbatch, like Doctor Strange, that that seems like a very a good mix. Yeah, so about man, I need to use Twitter less and get on certain Discord servers less because it just brings out the cynicism. Just oh man. First off, I mean, so Electro's coming back. Jamie Foxx is Electro. Nobody saw this coming. No one. No one, no one, no one. If you would have told me that Disney was going to buy 20th Century Fox and um, bring back Jamie Foxx's Electro, if you would have told me that in 2016, I would have said this is the most ridiculous we got this covered bullshit ever. But it happened. Um, The... um, pessimist in me wants to say well the writing's on the wall because they're going to have Doctor Strange and Spider-Man 3 and Electro I mean all signs are pointing to a multiverse so what happens if the one we knew the deal was for one Spider-Man and one Marvel so does that mean Spider-Man's going to have like a uh, cameo in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness when Strange zips up the plane of reality and shoes Tom Holland off the Marvel Cinematic Universe for good so he can carry on his role with Sony stuff. Um, I mean, that's probably the most pessimistic take. Now you're... I read somewhere where... uh, Somewhere today there's certain fans of the MCU that are expecting at least two more trilogies out of Tom Holland, a uh, college trilogy and an adult trilogy, which is probably a long shot. Um, yeah, it's it goes to prove. Um, you know, quick shout out to Rhiannon and the Save Daredevil people. What they're doing, it's 
perfectly fine and it's probably helping their cause tremendously you know if there's any naysayers that oh man they're never going to use charlie cox again or they're never going to use vincent d'onofrio again or oh man they're never going to bring iron fist into the mcu it's like ah bullshit gonna do whatever the hell they want and and all that's possible and it makes stuff bringing jamie fox's electro back makes um charlie cox's return um seem ever more likely um it's kind of my spiel let's just expect the unexpected type of thing because they're gonna do whatever the hell they want even though it doesn't make any sense i will say uh, on the doctor strange front i don't know it kind of rubs me the wrong way because we just got rid of iron man and i have a feeling doctor strange is his replacement even though a lot of people in my mentions this afternoon suggest otherwise yeah, I, I'm excited about Doctor Strange just in that that particular team up, like Spidey Doctor Strange together, is just something I've always enjoyed in the comics. I think there's a reason why they're the the two like prominent Ditko characters in a sea of Jack Kirby characters. You know, like I think there's a reason why those two um, were were done by that artist with with Stan. And so I just think they fit together in a special way. And so we already saw that in Infinity War. So all of that I'm ecstatic about. I am a little sad in that I've really enjoyed the smaller scale of the Spider-Man movies. To me, they've been kind of refreshing that they've been about Peter and him being in school and like him and his friends and his teenage crush. And, you know, I mean, there was like city-wide danger i guess but i do fear that spider-man 3 is shaping up now to be like civil war level they and i just are, i kind of the first spider-man I I just, movie I involved i'm fearful fight that on the we're not gonna jet. have that many yeah between two guys you know they didn't i mean they crashed on a deserted beach i don't know if you had a third guy in there that's where caleb draws the line three guys <laughs> on a jet no way two that's all right. On a jet that had a cloaking device, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just feel like as somebody who loves Spider-Man, Spider-Man's best stories have always been really personal, and they don't require him. Like, it's fun when he goes in Infinity War to another planet, but to me, that's not the heart of a good Spidey story. So I, I just worry about this getting a little too big. Just for It's exhausting, man. Friends, you but... looking at the, like, look at the future. It's, uh, I mean, Black Widow's probably going to be the last smaller scale movie because then eternals is just going to blow the lid off everything and shang chi has this fabled tournament with fin fang foom and then you have spider-man 3 and wandavision and then falcon and the winter soldier has all these songbird and thunderbolts probably and what else is coming up um oh then we talk secret right, invasion right. so i mean that that's just Miss Marvel bringing right. in humans. So, I mean, I, like, yeah. It's just kind of how it is now, man. It's going to be uh, um, full-on comic booky goodness. It's excellent for people who've seen every movie. Um, but, you know, especially in a post-Endgame world, um, which was a jumping-off point for a lot of people, maybe. You know, if they come into Spider-Man 3 and there's Jamie Foxx's Electro, you know, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff, it might... Uh, I see. Twenty twenty one's gonna see if superhero fatigue's a thing now, man. Or maybe twenty twenty two by this point. I am a little. Uh, I'm interested to see um, how many pictures Benedict Cumberbatch really has on his contract. 
because he's already done a, a like a supporting role at least in four Marvel movies, and now he's got two more coming up. So by this time next year, he'll be finishing up his sixth Marvel movie, and so you know just how right. many how many movies he's do they have that guy locked up for? Kid, though, right? He's certainly not the RDJ or the Chris Hemsworth of Hollywood. Yeah, it does seem that he slowed down a little bit. Yeah, I feel like you can add movies to contracts. I think I think they can do that. All right. Um, let's also talk about... I really would love to have started with this story, but I just... I think we know that we don't have much to say about this. We do finally have our Miss Marvel, which is so exciting. I like... I really kind of teared up a little bit. Like, yes, she's finally here. Um, her name is Iman Vellani. And... I, I am trusting that Feige and, um, oh, what's her name? Sarah. Haley Finn. Yep. Finn. Uh, I'm sure they've done a great job, but there is nothing that we know about She's this actress. Like everybody was circulating the same two photos of her. She did one interview for the Toronto film festival that has been reproduced 8 billion times since she was cast very much an unknown, but, uh, nonetheless, we finally have. Uh, a Kamala Khan. Caleb, I do have to say, you know, the last time we spoke about this, you said the whole protection thing, which was incredibly wise of you, right? Because the second Obviously. the broke, they, these idiots found her letterbox profile and then Screen Rant runs that total stupid ass hit job of her throwing shade at Captain Marvel, and it's just, you guys are idiots, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. You're not helping. What, why do you think this, why do you think this helped? So shame on you if you're helping fuel that. I mean, we're talking, this is her first ever thing, right? And it's the biggest thing she'll be in in her career. This role is the biggest of her career. And people are fueling this type of bullcrap and i just realized i totally name dropped screen rant but you know whatever my bad yeah it's funny because i think i forget how i edited it last time to like kind of obscure a little bit we were talking about them but this one no i'm gonna put your name right in it screen rant they should going after really? a 14 year old's letterboxd account like come on i'm like was it the same screen ranter <laughs> No, it was not. I was <laughs> like, oh my god. No. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I like that she's an empty book. Um, and I hope that she's emotionally ready for what's about to happen. They, they've always done pretty good with casting so far. And um, I can't wait to see a little bit. I can't wait to see her attitude. And like, you know, just best of luck to little Oman little she's she's not little is she she's she's on the older i think she's 17 she might be 8 yeah. 17 or 18 isn't she oh, okay. i think there was just like i think there was like one picture floating around that made her look like 12 or 13 or something but best of luck to young Yvonne. how about that I, I keep trying to remind myself that when tom holland was cast he had been in a few more things than she's been in but most of us didn't really know who tom holland was and I remember right. them kind of like debating if they wanted somebody that young. Like there's all these things about the union rules about like younger actors and actresses, like, you know, how much they can use them on any given day or how many hours they can work. 
And so I'm just trying to remind myself that Tom Holland was not Tom Holland when they cast him. And they totally hit that out of the park. So I am very confident that, uh, that Amon will do a great job. And yeah, I will be irrationally mean to you if you're nasty to her on Twitter. So just be, be forewarned, people. It's just, it's, yeah. It's silly and uncalled for, man. I mean, come on, give me a break. I do kind of hate this thing we have now where they, they cast any of these roles and immediately, like, we have to talk about trolls. I, I, I don't love that. I do think it's just, it's a, it's going to be an interesting thing because it's very challenging for her. There's, you know, the female hero thing. There's being a young person thing. Um, I don't know her personal faith, but she's going to be representing a Muslim superhero. You know, like Kamala, we love, I love Kamala because she represents all these different things. But that also means that like, you're just a target for a lot of different things. And so here's hoping that we evolve as a species over the next four or five years. So this is not so painful. Uh, there was one other rumor I wanted to talk about real quick. There has been talk that Kevin Feige wants to sign um, Ryan Reynolds to like the biggest MCU contract ever. And all I could think of when I saw it was it's Rhiannon's uh, Deadpool taking Stan Lee's price oh. thing. They're just going to let Deadpool pop into every movie and they're going to pay him big time. Yes! Once, um... Well, I mean, that's the thing. He Ryan Reynolds is the biggest star the MCU will ever sign. Um, far bigger than RDJ, the like. Um, but seeing this type of stuff, one, it makes sense. But two, it, I don't know why it completely flip-flopped my um, ideas on Marvel Studios actually doing rated R Deadpool. Because I think if they tone it down and go back to the wall-breaking chimichanga guy without the f-bombs and the bullet holes and all that type of stuff and they can do the regenerative stuff tastefully um they'll slap a pg-13 rating on it and make two billion dollars or what have you um i don't know why why do i think that i don't i don't know why it just you know, know and it's it's so funny to me i i had this revelation in the past week or two like Every fanboy out there can easily accept that Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool will somehow cross over into, into the MCU. That this that this is totally a thing that can happen, that it's the thing that is happening, and all of this. Yet, there's all of this television stuff that is like, oh no, that'll never happen in the history of ever. Right. Like, this guy is from a completely... Like, it's... Anyways, sorry. That's just a little thought I went on this past week. Oh, go on a rant. There's, here's your soapbox. You yeah. might as well do it. Yeah. I want to hear it. Inject it in my veins, please. Because yes. <laughs> I'm in the same exact boat you are. So let's let's do it. Yeah. Like, there's no way in hell that Quake will show up on something, blah, blah, blah. Yes. But, but Ryan Reynolds' is Deadpool, yeah, that's just accepted that it'll happen. Uh, I mean, not that I, I mean, you know, like, I don't need to see Quake and all that. But, but it's just like, that is absolutely completely impossible. But Deadpool's possible with Ryan Reynolds. Anything is possible. Yeah, I think it's, the more and more I look into, like, look at this stuff, I think what's really going to be interesting is how Marvel chooses to do a multiverse thing and not a multiverse thing. Because I think you still want characters who are, authentically arising out of the MCU universe as we have it. 
And it, it will feel a little bit like lazy writing if every time they want to introduce a new character, they're like, oh, hey, here's a multiverse portal. Boop. All right, we got a new character. Like, they're just, they're going to be discerning about who does it, who doesn't. I think Deadpool, because of that fourth wall breaking, becomes an obvious person right. to do it, you know? But it'll be really interesting to see, you know, like, if, if they are bringing Electro from, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man-Averse, I just, I just want to be careful. Like, I'd rather have a Miles Morales that comes authentically from the MCU than one that just pops out of a portal in Doctor Strange 2. Like, how they pick when to do which will be interesting. Right, 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 right. All right, we have an awesome interview for you guys to hear from uh, one of the cast members of Hellstrom, and so we are going to tee that up now. We're not going to do the mailbag at the end because it's late and I'm tired. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. Enjoy this interview. We'll see you guys later. So we are speaking with Elaine Uli. Um, he plays Chris Yen on Hellstrom, hitting Ulu October 16th. Just under a week from when you guys were here to hear this, uh, Elaine, thanks for joining us. I understand you're quite hectic. What, yeah. Junket was yesterday or the day before, right? I think it was two, yeah, Tuesday, like two, yeah. two days ago. So, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. It's been crazy, yeah. but fun. I'm enjoying my time. <laughs> now, do you get to actually go anywhere to do that, or are you just doing a Junket from your living room on Zoom now? I'm doing it in this room right here, except the okay. camera's faced the other way where it's not so busy. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I will say from the uh, flip side, I can't imagine it's easy for you, but um, on the press side, that junket Zoom stuff is like a maze. They sent me in five different rooms before I talked to one person. <laughs> and then it was the wrong person. And then it's I got like back Chad down. Roulette. Is it like Chad Roulette? Like you just don't know? <laughs> like, you're flipping through and all of a sudden, like, some dudes, they're like, uh, are we, what, are we supposed to talk or what are we doing? That's amazing, man. Yeah. Right. And eventually I showed up and it was Paul and June. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm not supposed to talk to them for another hour, but uh, let's talk right now. Oh, um, so oh, that's man. how that ended up. Did we get? We didn't get a chance to talk. Was, was they didn't else? put. They didn't put with me with uh, you or Liz. I'm not sure if that's just because we already talked or uh, or what. Because I wanted yeah. to. Uh, I'm not sure. You were with Robert, weren't you? Uh, no, I was with, with? Uh, Ariana. With Ariana. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. I was with her. Hmm. But uh, but I'm glad I'm seeing you now. Right. Right. That works. We get. That we works. get a much longer period of time to talk as opposed to like right. what was it like two eight minutes, minutes. Yeah, eight minutes it was eight, eight oh. but yeah um yeah eight minutes goes by quick it already has gone by here um <laughs> so we digress we should probably talk about hellstrom okay. um i mean if you want we could talk about that we talk about potatoes a lot in your instagram last time we talked you're getting into cooking, so maybe we could go off on oh, that yeah. tangent. That's right. That's right. Um, I was about what? to say, now we know how Adam roped you in. Was it with potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> cooking, man. I mean, it's, it's the way of my heart. It's yeah. There we go. Food is always a good topic. It is. Let's, uh, so I guess let's start at the beginning, right? Uh, Chris Yen. Um, these two have not seen any of it. And I've seen what the press was gathered. So let's go back to the most uh, basic microscopic level. Um, Chris Yen 101. 
Chris Yen 101. Yeah, let's break it down. Do, Who uh, is Chris Yen? Chris what does Yen. he do? What's he about? Chris, well, I, I will preface this by saying Chris Yen is not a character that is comes from the comic books. He's a, he's a creation of the showrunner for the show. Um, but he does um, exist very you know, exist in this world and, and it follows the mythology of the comic books, so to speak. Um, but Chris Yen is a, you know, he's, he's a good kid, I suppose, you know, he's, he's just trying to make sure he's, uh, he's, uh, behaving properly. Um, but he is in some ways the chosen family of Anna Hellstrom. I, I, you know, for, for a lack of a better term, we're, I'm her best friend. She's my best friend. Um, we're kind of like a surrogate brother and sister. Um, I'm kind of the slightly older brother. Um, but uh, the history of Christian is that he he's based out in San Francisco. Um, you know, he's uh, a, 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 a person that came out of foster care. And that's where he first met Anna Hellstrom. Um, and we go through that entire program of that process of of growing up, so to speak, um, and learning to trust each other. In fact, we realized that, you know, we're the only ones we could, we could really truly trust. Um, out of that trust comes, uh, comes a lot of like, um, you know, disclosure, I suppose, uh, and, and learning who Anna is and what she is capable of is, is something that is, uh, Chris Yen wants to protect. And, and, and so, Aside from being the best friend, he is also in some ways the gatekeeper to her, her powers. Um, um, and through the process of growing up, we we uh, we created a business together. We own like an auction house. We deal in antiquities. That's where we, in some ways, created our wealth um, and created a life for ourselves, which is far from what we grew up with, or at least what I grew up with. And so, in many ways, Chris is trying to protect that world, and that's where we start. That's where we meet. Anna and, and Chris is, um, you know, in that first episode, you'll, you'll get to see their world. You, you meet them at the auction house. We are dealing antiquities, but we're also doing other things that uh, would allow the audience to see um, her powers and what mm -hmm. she does and how she uses them and how I'm involved in, in, in curating, uh, you know, the, her subject matter or her subjects. I, I best I guess that's the best way to describe right yeah. um at that auction house out of that storage unit everyone will see how many of those uh prop antiquities did you manage to uh sneak off set did you take anything <laughs> oh, man you know, I tried <laughs> I tried because there's some really cool there were there's really some cool, cool stuff back there some cool stuff there man in fact the first time I got on set which was my first day was in that auction house I was like, man, where did you guys get all this stuff? This is some, you know, it's right. it looks real, obviously, but yeah, there was I was trying to steal a few like like little statues, you know, to take home, but they wouldn't let me. You know, they were they were really like everyone's got eyes on everything, so right. couldn't take anything, unfortunately. Uh, you mentioned that your character doesn't have a comic history. Did you mm -hmm. find that kind of freeing, or were you kind of jealous? of your castmates that had like, <laughs> you know, a cheat sheet in their back pocket from the comic books. 
you know, it's one of those things, right? You 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 want to be part, you know, you want your character to be part of the comic books, you know, because there is a there's a there's a heritage there. There's there's things that come with it. But to to your to answer your question, there's certainly a lot of freedom to that I had. I didn't have that kind of weight that uh, Sydney and Tom had um, with being responsible for their characters. You know, there's there's there is a huge responsibility there to make sure that it's something that rings true, not only to the people who are fans of the comic books, but also rings true to the story that uh, Paul wrote. And, you know, I, I, I did not envy them in that regard, but I did envy a little bit of like, oh man, it would be great because then, you know, the, the whole action, like just to be vain, like action figures, like that's super cool. <laughs> like look behind you, my friend, like there's a bunch of, you know, Funko yeah. Pop stuff that, that, that I think would have been great. I mean, and it still could happen, I suppose. Yeah. I guess I, 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 you know, it's like, like art imitating life and vice versa where, maybe the Christian character can be part of the comic books at some point. So, um, but yeah, there were certainly a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth with, with Paul, cause there really is nothing for me to research. So yeah. it's really understanding what he had in his mind, uh, for the character and integrating some of my thoughts with who I think, uh, Christian is. So, yeah. Well, if things go really well, I mean, there is a little history that, uh, sometimes these side characters who are not in the comics, take off so well that they write mm -hmm. them in and then your face gets to be like the model. So I think hey, that's, that's what you got to hope for. <laughs> now we're thinking. That too, I'm like, listen, we're breaking the mold. There's, there's no one, there is no Christian. I am Christian. Yeah. So, yeah. There, yeah. there is that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk subject matter. Um, you know, this at one point was going to set up Adventure into Fear with Ghost Rider and a few other things, a few other characters, supernatural stuff. Um, and and I know you had, had read Marvel Comics prior, um, but I'm just super interested to uh, hear your thoughts. I'm reading through these scripts and and seeing what's, what's going on while... Um, you already have knowledge of what Marvel's done before, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I think you're asking like what my feelings are towards some of the 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 properties that are being produced. And well, no, no, yeah, yeah Marvel uh, movies, um, comics. You know, I mean, there's some comics that kind of uh, I would guess cross the line into the. R-rated or, or max mm -hmm. categories, quote unquote. And, I mean, on, on the surface level, Hellstrom is most certainly probably the darkest thing Marvel's ever done. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of compare and contrast on the uh, as someone in front of the camera who also has knowledge of, you know, the whole right. Marvel mythos. Well, I think which you, you kind of you know when whenever I talk to somebody about the show, they you can't help but wonder how different or how similar is it to some of the things that maybe someone who is a Marvel fan has seen. And I think one of the biggest differences is what you just mentioned is that th this is part of the universe that is dark. It's really dark. And it's like, it's, it's traumatic in that sense of like, you're dealing with, you know, um, occult stuff or you're dealing with, you know, more mature type of genre that you wouldn't necessarily see in like an, you know, like an Iron Man or, or, or even like, even like a Jessica Jones. So it's like, 
Jessica Jones definitely went that route, but this takes it even further, takes it further down that path. You know, I, I, I you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on a network show. So how far can you really go with that? You know, you mentioned Ghostwriter. It's like one of those things, like during that season, you watch it and you go, okay, great. But how far can they really push that? And I think in some ways that's, one of the reasons maybe why they they wanted to investigate that and figure out if it could work uh, for a network like Hulu. And thankfully we were able to push through and get the show that we created um, produced and, and shot. Um, but yeah, it, to compare to compare the properties, it's 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 not me just saying because I was part of it, but it really is dark and it's it's um there's a lot of horror elements to it and again the subject matter is just okay we're, we're talking about this type of stuff okay like this is not something that you would have necessarily watched on like a runaways or like a you know a cloak and dagger so to speak you know right. it's it's definitely different different tone so how is that when you're working in such a dark universe for so long like I mean, surely you can't come in to like do all of that deep, heavy stuff, and then do you just step away and it's like, all right, guys, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was that fun. It's a, a fair question. I just drop it and I go, okay, I'm back. It's, Elaine is. Back. <laughs> um, you know, there's one thing that Beth, uh, who's on the show, um, her and I spent a lot of time together um, discussing character and, and development and understanding what her process is versus mine. And one of the thing, one of the things she said to me, which rings true, and is that although we're dealing with fantasy and like circumstances that are not real per se, our bodies don't know the difference. So our bodies still go through those emotional strains, uh, the trauma. It, it affects you still. So to say that you could just drop it, I suppose you can just drop it, but it still lives within you either subconsciously or you're just you're physically um, exhausted by everything that you go through. So for me, um, understanding the history with Chris and some of the trauma that he experienced through foster care. And again, this is all backstory stuff that may, something that uh, the audience might not be privy to, but at least understanding that kind of drama, uh, the trauma that he experienced is a great launching pad for me to go, okay, now I understand how this person would could work. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to sustain that because it, like I said, it's, it's, it's exhausting to be holding on to that for long periods of time. And, you know, I, certainly whenever we had a break, you, you could let go a little bit, but at the same time, you kind of still have to have one hand on it because you have to start again in a couple of weeks and dropping it, picking it up. That's even more exhausting, right? To, to, to create that momentum for you to kind of sustain that that character. I'm interested, you know, we're talking some about sort of tone, and I think you said really well how this is different from other Marvel shows. Uh, I'm interested how you maybe feel it's different from other horror shows. You know, mm -hmm. I think particularly in trailers, you kind of go into certain tropes because you don't want to reveal any secrets. Mm -hmm. But um, for some of our listeners who are maybe horror fans, what do you feel like this show does a little differently than... We've had lots of you know shows and movies about demon possession or Satan or things sure. like that. What what do you sure. feel like is 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 different about this show? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think you know there are specific horror tropes that need to be hit, right. and I think those are things that um, that in some ways have been very conventional, to, you know, through that 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 genre. 
that if you're missing some of that, you go, hmm, this doesn't feel like a horror thing. So there's something that has to be recognizable in that sense. But I think the difference between, or at least someone who is a horror fan that isn't quite a Marvel fan, the one of the things that I would say is that the, the characters and the interplay between the relationships between the characters is I think is, is, is strong and that it would lend itself to more of a drama, uh, more of something you would see on a, like an HBO where it's like, wow, this is really deep. Like this is the, these character studies between these two folks uh, or these, this group of people or whatever it is um, lends itself to more of a drama. But I think not to say that horror doesn't do that, but there is, like, a, like we discussed just a few minutes, seconds ago, is that there are tropes, there are beats that need to be hit in order for, uh, for it to be considered horror. So, yeah, in that sense, there is that extra layer of character. There's an extra layer of drama, that interplay between the characters, the, you know, the quick wit that happens, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still definitely, definitely horror. There's still jump scares. There's stuff that's like, oh, I don't even want to look at this. Um, but, yeah. That's that's the difference. The uh, um, I think this is a part of the show that will probably pique Caleb's interest most, but obviously there is a a fair amount to do with um, uh, faith or especially lack of faith, depending on the character. Right? Was that a huge factor? With that, is that something you kind of drew upon uh, for your role in particular? I think Caleb and I are, are friends in that nature because I love that kind of stuff. I love, you know, I grew up with, you know, my mom is a heavy, like a really religious Catholic. Um, you know, I grew up in that household. And to add to that is, uh, you know, I'm Filipino and the, the Filipino culture is filled with like superstitious stuff, you know. So this is kind of home in some regard. This is what I grew up with. So... Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it is certainly something that attracted me to it, that element. And I do remember talking to Paul about it at the beginning and understanding tone and what he wants to see and what, what, you know, what are the comps for the, what he visually sees. And one of the things he mentioned to me was Seven. He's like, think David Fincher Seven. And as you know, David Fincher said that, that you know, Seven itself is, is it's rife with um, – biblical things about the seven sins and how that's grounded into the outside world. And I'm like, okay, I'm 1000% in at this point. Um, you know, it's not singularly that, and again, it's just a reference point, but understanding what the, what the drive was and the, the tone really helped me understand like, okay, we're going to go there. Well, damn it. I'm going to go in there with you. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. When's the, uh, I, so I'm watching this show and I, my kind of first ocean moment was the a moment involving a box. I'll just say a box. I'm sure you know which one. <laughs> yeah. When you're. Uh, after he just compared it to Fisher. seven. Yeah, yeah, right. I was about to say, after he just compared it to seven, that <laughs> feels like you're sharing a lot. <laughs> what the um, <laughs> So that was kind of my. Uh, wow, they just kind of went there. Um, moment reading scripts and such was that kind of what was your epiphany or, or realization where man, this show's taking it this far or this way? How early on was that for you? I think it was, um, if 
it was during the table read. Okay. And I think I may have shared this with you already, but if I haven't, um, here it goes. Uh, <laughs> the it was in the table read, and I will say that I only read the script maybe once before the table read because they were so secretive about the story and didn't want anything out there. And we were just like you guys as an audience reading it and going, whoa, this is where we're going. There was a moment in um, the first scene where, I don't know, I, I guess they're gonna release this tomorrow, which is the first 10 minutes so I could talk right. about it. Right, right, right. But um, there is a possession scene in the beginning and it was dealing with Damon and this little kid named Archer. And as I was reading it and I was listening to the table read and how everything was planning, I started to see it. Um, and how they make it so that it's super self-aware of the tropes that we, you and I just discussed about the horror and how they turned it on its head. That's when I went, okay, this is that show. It's a different show. It's, we're gonna, they're gonna lead you this way but they're gonna be subversive enough to make you go that way and it's gonna zig. And I, that's when I knew immediately like, okay, this is gonna be something that I would watch and get sucked into immediately. And then every scene after that in the first episode where we get to meet uh, Victoria Hellstrom and where she goes with it and the first time you hear her or the first time you talk to, uh, this first time you see Anna, you see all those moments that really are, are little blips that make made me go okay i i i like these characters i like this I like this world that they're creating now where is it going to go so it, it was really in that first episode truly that that in that first scene that i that i went I, that i told my i remember thinking to myself okay you might have something here right you bring up victoria hellstrom and earlier but you brought up beth um, so I figured we might as well just take the conversation and just talk about her the rest of the night. <laughs> just how incredible of a person she is. Oh man, yeah. it's nuts. Which I've talked to her twice now, and she's completely opposite. I've never <laughs> seen someone completely far off from the character in my life. It's uh, yeah, it's she, incredible. She did such an unbelievable job, and you know when when she started reading her lines during the table read and she went 1000% into the character when we were all kind of going half speed in some in some way when she brought the heat we were like okay right. is that beth holy okay <laughs> right. we're, we're, we're going there but yeah it, it, she she brought it from day one and how could you not bring your a game to if not more you know if she's bringing that kind of heat, you, you can't help but try to match it, if, if, as best you can, match what she's bringing to the table. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, we'll probably come up with um, Beth Marvel's stand tees. Um, you can probably <laughs> find those on someone's Twitter profile, I'm sure. Oh man, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll take a shirt. <laughs> I'm, uh, I kind of hate to ask this because I think we're so tired of COVID, but I think it is kind of interesting that the shows are having to be a little different in how they're filmed. Yeah. I don't remember the exact timeline. Had you guys totally wrapped or was there any ways oh. the pandemic made it kind of weird for you to try to finish this show out? If it was, uh, we, we wrapped right before, but I will say that it was uh, very contentious at the end for us because 
we were at the second day of wrapping and um, we were all sitting down and we were just obviously on our phones watching the news happening and unfold in front of us. And Tom Hanks just got, you know, cor uh, coronavirus, the NBA, the NFL, like the NHL, everyone just shut down. And we were thinking like, we're filming, last day of our shoot is filming the finale that act the last scene of the season. And I'm saying, I'm thinking, are they going to be able to finish this? Right. So we were on pins and needles for 24 hours. Like we got, we got to set uh, for that last day. And um, I just remember keep, I kept looking back to video, video village to see what's happening, what's happening. And I do remember some of the Marvel executives going back and forth, back and forth on the phone and back and forth. And I'm like, are they going to shut this? They're going to shut us down. They're going to shut us down. This is going to suck. They're going to shut us. And they didn't, they didn't. And, and through the skin of our teeth, we were able to finish. Yeah. get it through get it done so did you have to do any like adr or any of that kind of stuff from home afterwards or yes yes and the funny thing about it is they gave us instructions to download this app on our phone and i'm sitting there with my phone like like this is what you want me to record off of <laughs> okay <laughs> like i had a i was in my closet I was holding my phone at a laptop, doing the playback, recording the playback, doing the entire thing and thinking uh, to myself, whoa, I've never done this before in my life. Uh, Is it going to sound good? Is it going to look good? But then, you know, you have that, you, have, you can't, have, you just have to have faith, you know? And, yeah. and then I just remember hearing the recording back. I'm like, oh, it actually sounds pretty good. All right. I'm into yeah. it. But you know, it's pandemic, right? You, you, you can't help, but, uh, adapt and and uh deal with the times yeah i i heard the other day that when they were scoring umbrella academy they had mm -hmm. to do it all from a distance and just <laughs> just managing the files because like yeah. the trumpet players you know each had like 45 different takes and yeah. so you do that for a hundred person orchestra and it's just thousands of audio files you have to keep track of. I mean, it's 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 weird how all those things have happened. I don't envy the post-production folks, man. I really yeah. don't. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, you're right. That's a lot of that's a lot of takes, a lot of different uh, files to manage. Ooh. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. Good for them. Um I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Way to go, Adam. That's okay, Adam. That's okay, Adam. Damn it. Yeah. What yeah. was I gonna say? How about uh, tomorrow? You got a big night tomorrow, don't you? you? What are you doing for the Lakers game? Oh, you've been following me. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really hoping that um, they finish it off, frankly, because I, I so. the last game, you know, I had I haven't had that feeling like that, that heart palpitation, stress feeling of 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 like not knowing what's going to happen. Like I haven't had that feeling since like. 10 years ago when they, you know, they beat the Celtics game seven. And I don't, I don't know if I can deal with that, that kind of anxiety anymore. So I'm just hoping that to get it done. I don't have to worry about game six or game seven or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go back to the Rose bowl uh, to watch it with my, my kinfolk, I suppose, uh, the fandom that, that the Laker fandom. So, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it should be good. It should be safe. So you're, if you're watching this, I don't know. They're going to be watching this later, right? This is not. This is, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, we would know by now if, if the Lakers right. won or lost. So there you go. Caleb will edit in the score or uh, play by play announcer's <laughs> final call or something right here. Yeah, they lost.
Uh, for, for, for Caleb, what, what are your expectations for this show? I'm curious. So uh, for the folks who haven't seen it. Like, I know yeah. Adam's seen it. That's God, Adam question. has hyped it so much, too. <laughs> too much. Oh, That's my bad. <laughs> that could work against us, right? Where you hype it too much, where you're like, yeah, hey, I don't know. It didn't live up to yeah, the hype, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what your, what your expectations are for the show. It's interesting because I think um, the nature of what's, you know, and just like we talk a lot about the bigger picture of Marvel stuff. So the nature mm-hmm. of Marvel TV and how it kind of got pared down. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I'm sure it was weird to like get hired. And then you see all these other shows that are wrapping up and you're like, oh, we're, we're, we're the only guys left in this room, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think that process has made us feel like um, it's exciting that it'll be, it's kind of exciting that it's standalone. It's kind mm-hmm. of exciting that we can enjoy this for what it is without having to obsess about 14 other jumping off points. Cause that's always been the beauty and the curse of Marvel stuff. I and mean, we've talked about a ton of time on our shows. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really cool that it's wrapped into other things. And then there's other times where it's like, they did that just to connect to something else, but it doesn't really service this story. Sure. And so I think a lot of people are probably excited about watching something that's in the universe, but in a way that is more honest to its story instead of mm-hmm. like bending over backwards to wrap in some sort of side character, or like, you know, a, a stinger that's going to launch off another four franchises. Like it's kind of nice to see something that fits in by, by itself, you know? I like that. It's good to know. Rhiannon has a... been pushing for adult Marvel for a long time. So yeah. I'm assuming that is some of yeah. her. Like I want, yes. I, I want the dark stuff. I want good. the mature, I want like the Hulu Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just like in denial that there's not more of the Hulu Marvel universe. Um, bring it on. So I'm looking forward to just like a mature, dark um, thriller. I'm mm-hmm. hoping, you know, I'm hoping that it, um, that, 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 you know, we have, we have a good, a good thriller, um, yeah, with the horror elements, but yeah, that we still get to know characters and really get into this world. Yeah. Um, and and I'm always hoping with these shows, also when it's something like this, that it's something that everybody can love. That I could turn around and recommend it to my parents who have never seen a Marvel movie in their life, and yeah. they don't care that it's comic based or something. I'm always hoping that we're going into something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that, man. I like that a lot. I like to hear that. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly one of those shows where it, it um, I think it was purposely done that way where, you know, we could talk about the politics of the, like, you, you know, the Marvel Studios versus Marvel Television and what that, how that happened. I personally don't know anything, yeah. uh, but I, I do know that, um, you know, having something that's, you know, its own standalone um, storyline may turn off a lot of the people like who want that connectivity and connection and what's canon and what's not canon. And you could drive yourself crazy doing that. But I think the the appeal of the show is that it, it, it doesn't necessarily, you, you don't necessarily need to be privy to that information to enjoy it. And I think that's one of those things where I 
knew immediately where I was like, oh, okay, okay, is this going to be connected to this? And sure, I think, you know, with the Ghostwriter stuff, I'm sure it was going to be connected to that. Uh, I think they had a bigger plan for it. But when that uh, stopped or when it stopped doing that, it, it's, it still stands alone, you know, it still uh, al allowed us to, to enjoy the ride. And I'm a, like, a, like Adam said, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan. So there are things in there that I was reading going, oh what this is what is what does this mean and i would talk i would immediately call the the showrunner and the marvel execs and the, and the the writers and be like did you was that on purpose and they'd be like yeah that's on purpose i'm like oh my god okay all right work awesome awesome i'm into it you know and and, and adam would know that like when you talk to beth beth is a marvel fan too so we would immediately text each other and be like did you read did you read that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. That's going to be great. I, I can't, I'm speaking in code because yeah. you guys haven't seen it, but like, uh, right. there are, there are going to be moments, there are going to be moments in there where you're going to go, wait, does that mean that's, that's where they're going? Cool. Um, I will say one thing, Caleb, that when I first, when we first landed in Vancouver, it was my birthday. It was September 25th. And on the plane ride there is when they dropped the news that Ghost Rider was canceled. Oh, and I was and I was going, am I going to land and they're going to tell us that we're, we're canceled? What's going on? Yeah. And we, we weren't. Um, and, you know, we, we had every indication from every person that we spoke to at Hulu that, no, we are in love with what you guys are doing or what you guys are planning on doing. So. It was really, um, you know, a vote of confidence from the, the executives and the network saying, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. We are going to go full steam ahead with this project and don't even sweat it. So, yeah, that's, that's a little nugget for you guys. No, that's great. I, I, I am kind of curious, and I'm sure this is the kind of question you can't really answer, but um, <clears throat> given try. that context and given how many people kind of have said things that we know aren't true about like... Yeah that it's going to be a limited series or it's definitely only one season. Mm. Do you find yourself hopeful that you're going to be able to come back to these characters? Uh, I'm more than hopeful. I, I okay. really am. I, I don't know if I'm being overconfident, but I just, you know, every, I guess what I'll, what I know and what I could say is that I feel like there's going to be a lot of eyes on this, this particular show and not just audience, but really people above the line. I think, mm. Again, this is this is just my own opinion, but I feel like there are people wanting wanting to know if this is something that can be um, scaled. Is is this type of genre something people would consume? Because um, I don't know if it's been done like this sort of hmm. you know adventures to fe in fear or the fear based stuff or the the thriller horror all that. Is it is it going to work? And I and I and I. And I think for me, when they when I found out that it was going to be released during Halloween's Hulu, Hulu Hulu's uh, you know month, I I said that's the perfect time to launch this thing. And then talking about silver linings, like the fact that we are in a pandemic and there really isn't a lot of content out there, and you can't really go trick or treating, that really just bodes well for us in the sense that. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch, you know, more eyes will watch it. And I, I stand by the story that's being told. And, and, you know, if we get somebody in the door and watch the first episode, you're going to binge watch all of it. 
immediately because that's what happened when you know again you're reading the story but you don't really get this you, you don't get a chance to see it while you're filming obviously so when we got a chance to watch the episodes i found myself as a fan going oh what what, what happens next well okay what, what's going what happens to the, let's keep going let's keep going let's keep going and i had to stop because i didn't want to enjoy like the the branded like my name is on it like you can't release this it's all this stuff <laughs> yeah. on it I'm not, I, want, I want to watch it like how everyone would watch it, and and uh, uh, but uh, yes, I am I'm confident that that uh, that if people watch this stuff, that we will definitely get a second season. I, I don't know where the whole limited series thing came from, but but I, I certainly understand why people would say that yeah. uh, because of the what happened uh, with the takeover and everything else. But I mean, it it, it it's one of those things where I I it there is just if people watch it. Season two will come out. You know, yeah, it's, it's in that sort of. It way. came yeah. from these people uh, called Scoopers. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've gone down that rabbit hole on Twitter. What I advise against it. Adam's throwing. We just we just said box. some things on here, and then Adam wrote it up as a story, and then next thing you know, it's news. <laughs> um, well, but news. I do think that's interesting because you guys were filming into March. And that whole, the whole reorganization of Marvel happened a year ago. I mean, we're, we're at the anniversary right now. So you were fully working in that world when you were filming. Yeah. And you still feel confident that there could be more of that world and that there are eyes on this adult universe. Like if people want more of this dark adult content, that, that, that there are powers, that, that, there, that they are behind it, that there could be I, hope for it. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll preface this again by saying I have no knowledge. Yeah, yeah. There, you have more. Yeah, I, 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 I do, I do, I do feel as if that's the case. I mean, you know, you, you logically speaking, right? It's, it's a, it's a, you know, um, what, am, uh, it's a, what, what, what am I trying to say? It's like, um, it's, it's the, it's the, it's profit. It's. It's, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's a successful show, yeah. how do you not right. do a second season, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think the fact that there were a lot of shows that, you know, if I was like a program director on a network show, wow, that would be awesome. But if I were a program uh, director for a, for, for, for a network um, like Hulu, I would imagine that the pandemic really pushed a lot of like potential uh, shows down the line. And so I feel like in some ways, maybe there isn't anything that could take that spot. I mean, it could be one of those situations where like, well, wait, well let's do a second season anyway, because we don't really have anything lined up because of everything yeah. being kicked like six, seven months. So I, I really do think, you know, it's, it's I, that's what I was trying to say. The bottom line, it's we're in the business of bottom line, like can did this bring eyes to our network and did it make money for us, you yeah. know? And is it critically, um, you know, received? And, you know, if Adam enjoyed it, I'm sure he'll write a good write-up for it. And, sure did. You know, Tomorrow morning, just, man. Yeah, I know, I know. The, <laughs> the embargo drops. It's over. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious to see what everyone writes because at the end of the day, that, that's how it works, right? It's, is we've, we've, we, we, if we could um, impress the critics to write something great about our show, which in turn would allow audience who, who are maybe on the fence of it, Mm -hmm. watch the show and i really am confident that if people do watch the show that they will get sucked into that world yeah because it's 
it's just how that how they've written it. It's some really good writing on that on on on, on Hellstrom. Well, and we've talked a lot about it in our previous episodes that it, it's a good fit, you know, Hulu and this property. Um, mm-hmm. Like we, we we've teased, like they're not going to be working on a Hellstrom cartoon for kindergartners on Disney Plus anytime soon, you know. Like, right, right, and right. so it's it's <clears throat> this is a property that Disney has allocated to the right place i think already for where it would fit well so right right it's a great home for it and and hulu has been nothing but outstanding and very supportive like i said they they you know they were aware obviously of everything and and um they they left the door open if we had any questions i didn't have any questions um certainly your thoughts go a million miles an hour but they were more than um you know, accommodating to us to make sure that we felt comfortable. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've been asked that before where they're like, how did you feel about the whole, uh, you know, restructuring and did that affect you guys? And frankly, I didn't, didn't see any of it like affecting the work at all that yeah. we just kept moving and moving and moving. And it wasn't until the end where, you know, we finished and we wrapped and, and being a fan now, I asked them, I'm like, where does this leave us? Like, I'm curious, do, does this mean, is it a limited show? Is it I'm like, no, this is going to be all on the audience. Like if they like it, they're going to get another one. If they don't, we're not going to get another one. So right. I'm like, all right, cool. At Which is all that. anybody can ever ask for really. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Is that, you know, is, is that you just, one of the things I told Paul and, and the execs was like, I just would hate to be in a situation where it's dead on arrival where people already assume that this is, like why invest time into this thing where, where there's so many other shows you can invest in, why invest in something that's already dead? Uh, but it's yeah. not. And that's the thing that they said. And they're like, Hulu is going to be spending a lot of money on marketing and, and everything else. So that really gave me more confidence in like, okay, we're, 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 we're going to be in good hands. It's going to be fun. And um, so, yeah, it's really up to the audience to watch it. That's really cool to hear. Cause I know there's, I mean, I, so I'm active in the little, the the Save Daredevil group. I don't know if you've seen like their oh. shenanigans out and about. Oh, I forgot to say. Uh, I thought we, Elaine, we agreed to tell her that Daredevil pops up in episode four. I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I just. <laughs> You know, did you, I just did you watch? Did you watch my, Con, my Comic Con thing in San Diego, and I got briefed? I saw that. Yes. Yeah, so were you actually saying stuff that whole time, or I, were you just I said all everything? the spoilers? <laughs> all the spoilers. All the spoilers. If you can find the uncensored version of it, I drop everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. So say down, save Daredevil. <laughs> The aggregators are like, oh my God, Daredevil's going to save Daredevil. Scoopers, I told you, man, they're already on it. I'm right now. But but, I mean, I think that is like, there's a lot of hope in that community that like Hulu is like the new home for all of this adult content. So I think those fans will be really happy to hear that, you know, it's still alive with Marvel television, that, that there's still a chance of this dark adult Marvel television moving forward in that venue. Yeah, I th- and it, it, again, it's it's you know, um, we're spearheading this thing, right? Which is like, yeah. can this work? Can can exist in this space where it's um, th- that can there be an audience for it? You know, and, and uh, yeah, I, I would remain hopeful too. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it really is, 
that important for people to watch it. Not for my own <laughs> livelihood. <laughs> fans in general i mean it's one of those things like you know i, I remember we reading a do documentary about like food right where it's like how do you change the food industry well you 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 use your money to vote right that's how you vote how do you you mm -hmm. put your money where things are so it's the same thing with viewers it's like yeah certainly there are some politics that are beyond your control uh but there are you know things that you can control which is like if you watch a show and you really believe in it and the fandom is crazy there's no way they're going to deny that, you know, unless there's another bigger picture thing that they're dealing with. But for the most part, it's it's always been that case, you know, throughout the history of television, which is it's like imagine if Friends was happening again. I'm kind of dating myself, but I watched Friends. But all of a sudden, like if they shut it down, I'd be like, what, what's happening? This makes no sense. Like you guys are making so much money with this show. Like, you know, it's just financially prudent for them to, to continue on something that makes them money. So, yeah. and yeah. So do you feel like Hellstrom, as you did it in season one, is a show that could easily film a future season in a COVID environment? Like, is yes. it something that you could easily socially distance? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's one of those things where um, it's a very intimate world. Um, I do know that there are restraints in terms of writing certain scenes where it's big. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, but it's so intimate and the story is really between the character relationships that I could see it easily being filmed as a season two, um, you know, situation. I, you know, it's I, I, uh, I would I would hope that would be the case. But I, I, mm -hmm. I'm really confident that we would be able to achieve a season two yeah. using the protocols that exist. Because yeah. seeing some of the entertainment news this past week, it seems like even popularity of a show can't override some of the expense involved in a large ensemble close glow was canceled this past week, yeah. you know, and they said yeah. it was purely from COVID cost, like the cost of production I, in this I environment. I could see that. So. I could see, I mean, you know, talking to producer friends of mine that are producing shows now that they have to reduce the amount of episodes because of the budgets. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could mm -hmm. see that. I could see how the writers in the writer's room are going, well, how are we going to work that out? Because really what we plotted out was this. So we have to be creative in what we do it. But in addition to that, there, you know, it's insurance. Like who's liable for this kind of stuff? If something were to go down, like yeah. I also see that side too. So I, I, I get it. Like, you, you know, there is a possibility for all of that stuff to happen for it to be shut down and be like, well, we can't do it because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, mm -hmm. but if you're asking me if I'm confident that we could, yeah, I'm very yeah. confident. Very, very confident. Oh man. I just want to, I just want to rave about it. That's it. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to give, I just want to give my review already. Let's go. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think what we've it covered. Cause is... I've, I've watched it. I watched this before San Diego and I've just been, and to Adam's credit, he's been trying to get us to watch it to get the screeners, and Caleb and I have just been, oh my god, I'm so yeah, so much going on. Yeah. But so Adam has told me it. and the voices in my head, my therapist, they're all the people mm -hmm. I've talked to about Hellstrom. Uh -huh. yeah. Tomorrow, but, tomorrow, people will see more. So that's good. So, yeah, so what's the headline, Adam? What's the headline for what? For, for Hellstrom review. Let me pull it up quick. I know it's. Oh. I. Uh, not, it doesn't have to be your clickbaity real headline. It's not clickbait. Don't bring that in here. <laughs> you know, I try watching myself sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Adam says, you know, aside from Beth's performance, 
Elaine's performance is yep. exquisite. Uh, <laughs> the team, but now that's the thing we're talking now, and you're being so nice. I have to go back, and I probably should. <laughs> 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 I probably should say something now because I did call Elizabeth Marvel the best actor to ever grace Marvel television. Um, oh, I didn't say that, but I did give her. I was about to say Vincent's going to give you a call if you're not careful. He will. He will. Marvel's scariest thing yet is perfect for the season. Is the yeah. It's objectively Marvel's scariest thing. I know the whole art is subjective thing, but I mean, this is a horror show to a T. And once people watch this, um, you know, after the success of Joker, after the success of The Boys, after the success of what have you, uh, people aren't going to want to see network television Ghost Rider when they could see uh, Gabriel Luna lighting up his chain and ripping someone in half, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's my thoughts, at least. I know we always get into the R-rated discussion on this damn podcast and the internet and whatever, but that's, that's just my well, thoughts. And I, Yeah, I mean, to wrap up for our listeners, Adam thinks it's really awesome. And mm-hmm. as we've said, it's, it's, if you want a different kind of content, you know, like something other than the Disney plus kind of MCU, uh, that's not that that's bad, you know, not to pick on Disney, but if you want something that's a little different and more adult, you know, you got to go watch this. You got to show, show Marvel that you want to see it. Options, man. That's all we want as audiences, right? It's just yeah. options. You know, we, we can have mm-hmm. the popcorn stuff and we can have the stuff that's like, you know, it's like a, a Jack, like a, you know, like a gin and tonic. Like I want both things here i could if i want to go here i'll go there if i want to go there i'll go there so yeah well thanks so much for coming to talk i feel like yeah, you should just absolutely. fill in when one of us can't be on the show right, <laughs> like... right. i'm always down <laughs> adam you got my info man so oh well, yeah i'll reach out once next yeah. time i get sick or something when i have to play hooky to watch the back half of hellstrom well uh we'll work something out wait are you guys gonna do like a review thing too on the on the podcast like yeah, yeah. Episodes? yeah. Oh, cool. I'm sure yeah. We, we, I mean we always have with everything before it's the binge shows have always been a little hard for us because it's like do you review everything at once or do you spread yeah. it out and so yeah. Uh, yeah. we haven't had that's that problem one, since Netflix but that's that's one thing that I was kind of con- not concerned about but I wanted to know if they were going to drop everything at once or if it's going to be like every week or like Hulu does sometimes where it's like three episodes and it's weekly after that but, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that they're allowing everyone to binge it right away because, like, like yeah, it, it's, it's, I feel like it's for the moment, for what's happening now, and it's the perfect timing to just go 10 episodes, 10 hours. Let's do it. Well, and it sounds like some of it would be kind of hard. Like, you don't want to go into uh, Thanksgiving with your grandparents. <laughs> Yeah, sneak to I'm the back sure room and walk to that. Unless <laughs> that kind of stuff you're into. That's true. That's true. Awesome. That's true. awesome. Well, okay. yeah. Like I said, thank you so much for being yeah. with us. Really appreciate yeah, it. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for yeah. having me, man. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Lot of- Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll come back sometime, I'm sure. But yeah, thanks for joining us, Elaine. Thank you. Yeah.